Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Managed print services to keep your printing costs down? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. 12.35 in Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer with you on Oilers Now. Just further to the uh, game on Saturday. During the post-game availability, Ken Hitchcock said at this time of the year, this is a quote, at this time of the year, the coaches can't want it more than the players. Uh, Ken has subsequently addressed that quote by saying, and this is a tweet that Jason Greger just put out four minutes ago from the order's availability today, players have to want it, style of play in brackets, as much as coaches is what I meant, says Ken Hitchcock. No question they all want to win. When we play uh, our style, we've had success. But when we don't, we struggle. The way uh, we have to play to win is hard. We aren't built to win flashy. So that is Ken Hitchcock addressing, um, again, his comment following the game Saturday after the game against San Jose Sharks. And that quote was, at this time of year, the coaches can't want it more than players. So this is the second time in the last two home games where there's sort of been an explanation as to why something happened. Of course, Cam Talbot was pulled uh, the previous was was it the previous home game? I'm trying. To, yeah, I think it was. Uh, who did the Oilers play before they played the uh, Minnesota Wild? The Chicago Blackhawks at home. And Talbot got paid, uh, pulled in the third period of that game, and so away uh, we went, and we had a little bit of a stare down and some energy and. Uh, death glare and all that kind of stuff going on. And this is unfortunately a byproduct of what happens when things don't go well. Cam Talbot, by the way, has now started four or five games. So again, Ken Hitchcock clarifying clarifying, uh, his statement. And again, just for those of you that are listening uh, and, and maybe didn't hear it the first time, following the game Saturday, Hitchcock was quoted as saying, at this time of the year, the coaches can't want it more than the players. And just now, uh, Hitchcock clarifying this again, Jason Greger putting out on Twitter, uh, players have to want it, referring to style of play as much as the coaches is what I meant. No question, they all want to win. When we play our style, we've had success, but when we don't, we struggle. The way we have to play is hard. We aren't built to play flashy. All right. Just before we bring aboard John Shannon, this text from Mitch in St. Albert. Bob, it's all over but the crying. 
over the last two years, our management team has continually downgraded the skill the team was given and has given up precious assets in the process. Signing players to long-term deals that puts immense pressure on the team looking to retool while being right up against the cap ceiling. It's our fans' worst nightmare. Two years ago, not my wildest dream would I have envisioned such mismanagement all over the roster that has resulted in the Oilers being the worst team off the ice when Connor McDavid is on the bench. It was not a very hard job that Peter walked into, and every move he has made has destroyed our chances, says Mitch in St. Albert. Uh, he goes on to say, I don't know what happens next for this franchise, but all I know is it'll be difficult for me to continue to spend money on a very below-par product. How many businesses improve, or sorry, how many businesses survive in the business world by continually providing underwhelming results? Not many. I hope for 97's sake things improve because he's a legacy player that's on track to fall short of career expectations by means of championships, which at the end of the day is how all players are measured. Edmonton deserves better, and I don't see any end in sight. Thanks from Mitch in St. Albert. Well, you can't say I don't read the negative ones. Let's bring aboard John Shannon from NHL Hockey and Rogers. John, welcome back to the show. How was your weekend? Short, Bob. Short. So was mine. Yeah. Yeah. I pulled a doubleheader off on Saturday night. I was happy. What did you do? Well, I was happy with the results in one of the two games. Let's put it that way. I drove across the river and bumped in about 300 people I knew and watched the third period of the Golden Bears game against Calgary. Oh, there you go. There you go. So, well, 20-0-1 in their last 21 games, by the way. Ian's done a good job there. Ian's a good coach. Ian's probably too good of a coach to be coached in that league, frankly, but that's another conversation for another time. You heard the text from Mitch. I purposely saved that text uh, for you. Uh Our management team has continually downgraded the skill of the team. Was it management team? Well, I I mean, I I wouldn't say team in terms of uh, everybody being on board, but let's face it, I I do think that and there are those of us have been saying this a little longer than others, but I mean, Peter deserves the criticism for what has happened here. Uh, and I'm not trying to throw fuel onto the fire, but um, you know, it's 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 disappointing where the assets are in this uh, with this team right now. I mean, I, there aren't ma- as many assets as I think some of us once believed there were. Yeah, um, I, I'm not necessarily sure I agree with Mitch about getting rid of. Uh, quality players, um, you know, based on, on what we were talking about, we're good, better role players, perhaps. Um, the one thing I would say is, is it took Steve Eiserman 13 years to win the Stanley Cup in Detroit. Uh, it it took some other great players. Alexander Ovechkin. Alexander well, Ovechkin. That was 14. That was 14 years. Okay. Um, it, it, um, you know, Mario missed the playoffs the first five years of his career. Um, By the way, when, he missed the playoffs, and there were only five teams that missed the playoffs. Sixteen of twenty-one teams made the playoffs back then. Yeah. So, so this is in a microcosm. This is heartbreaking. Um, but in big picture, um, I would hope that uh, this is a bump in the road, uh, and we're <laughs> going to see better things to come over the next year or two. Yep. 
I, I would hope that to be the case as well. And we have seen teams, tra- I mean, who saw the New York, we're going to go to New York to play the Islanders on Saturday. Uh, the team flies to Pittsburgh tomorrow. Brennan will be hosting the show. That'll be the last, by the way, that's the last game this season at Barclays. Really? Yeah. They don't play another regular season game at Barclays, and I'll be shocked if they play a playoff game at Barclays. Well, uh, who saw that team where they are right now? Besides Gil Scott, who's the agent for Barry Trotz, because I was with Gil the night he yeah. negotiated the deal, as you know, and I was like, yeah. Barry thinks he can win there. And I'm like, what? Like, they're yeah. they're, they're going to lose Tavares. This is f- like five days before they lost JT. And he's well, like... Well, and this is all... It's all about structure and discipline and accountability that, that both uh, Barry and Lou... Um, and but you're going to get your fill of the Islanders over the next uh, yeah week or so because you're going to see them on that Thursday night back at at Rogers. So yeah, um, uh, so they're a, they're a great example of of what a team could do um, given the right opportunity. And and you know let's face it, Barry Trotz right now uh, has got to be the inside track for coach of the year. It's a good coach. There's no question about that. Got Washington a Stanley Cup championship as well. Uh, the Oilers' result against San Jose. Again, the Ken Hitchcock quote, players have to want it, referring to the style of play as much as the coaches is what I meant. So he wasn't putting the coaching... This is the way he's explaining it. He wasn't putting the coaching staff above the players by saying the coaches want it more than the players. He was referring to the style of play. Uh, yeah. Your thoughts... See, to me, when I see the orders in San Jose, I think one thing. Edmonton's got to have everybody pulling the rope in the same direction to have a chance against the Sharks because the Sharks have superior talent up front. I mean, they got the highest-scoring defense in the NHL, and they have superior talent up front. So that's a tough matchup and, for Edmonton. And, and, and no Eric Carlson on that back end right now. Yeah. Uh, you, you know, here's, here's the thing. Um, you, you know, Ken was frustrated. I don't think there's any doubt that, that his frustration came through. Um, I don't mind people getting angry. Uh, I, I think it's important to know that there are people within the organization that are as passionate as the fans. Yeah, I mean that's one of the things that I, I, I think that that has been lacking from the organization in the last three and a half years was the the, the calm, cool, collected management style that existed didn't show much passion for the product. Uh, you know, do I agree with what he said? No, I don't agree with what he said. Uh, but I don't mind him being mad. I'd, I'd, I'd rather have somebody mad than somebody just slough it off and say, oh, there's another game. Uh, yeah. We didn't do it right. They, I mean, this, you're right about everybody pulling in the, in the same direction. And, and particularly when the, when the Sharks go and take the lead the way they do. Yes. You know, the Nugent Hopkins goal uh, gave gave the Oilers a little bit of spark, and that was when you needed to see a little bit more out of the team. Uh, But unfortunately for everybody involved, what you saw was after a little bit of a spurt that you saw uh, the Sharks just simply take over. And and then at 3-1, to Bob, I I just don't think at 3-1 to right now this team has the ability to come back. Because they have to take too many risks. And you can't put Connor and Leon out every shift. This, this text comes in from Epstein's mother. Epstein's mother says, Bob, you've gone 45 minutes to the show and not addressed Leon Dreisaitl's gaffe on the second goal against. All right, I'll address it. He made a bad play. Actually, he made a bad series of plays. He's a really good player. It was a bad sequence of plays. It happens. Uh, what, the interesting thing about Leon is that he, he's, he's made some gaffes recently. Uh, but I'll tell you what. 
the, the the excellent plays certainly outweigh the outweigh the gaps. And when you have listen, Connor's made some mistakes of late. There's been a few too many sure. turnovers. Yeah. But this is this is a classic case of two guys trying to pull a team in the right direction constantly. And in in hockey, it is a game of mistakes and taking advantage of the mistake mistakes. And some teams have the ability to take advantage of them. Um, Leon, Leon and Connor are the least of the concerns for Oilers fans at any point with this organization. And and here's the thing. There's lots of, if you've listened to the first, I think you can read between the lines of what we're saying regarding some of the management decisions that were uh, involved in the, at the end of the day, John, Peter Shirelli was relieved of his duty because the team did not get the results. And the reason why they did not get the results is there was poor pro player procurement and now another byproduct is bad cap management. And that's not on the capologist, Bill Scott. That's on the GM of the team, Peter Shirelli. He's the one that orchestrated the deal. So that's the primary reason uh, he's no longer here. But at the end of the day, I, I just want to say something. There is two things that people can look to from a positive perspective. We might look at the combination of the mcdavid dry settle contracts and the term length on those deals and say Shirelli did good work there. We might look at that in a couple of years' time. And the other thing is we're starting, and I'd only say the orders are average in terms of the depth that they've built up in the organization. They're only average compared to the National Hockey League, but finally we're seeing some traction on the farmer as well. So I'd like you to comment first on the contracts. I hope you're right. Yeah, I, I, well, yeah you know, hey, listen, when, when you look at when you look at what Connor signed for uh, for eight years, and now what Austin Matthews has signed for for five, I mean the the the, the palpitations that are going to occur in Leafs management office five years hence are going to be a lot worse than when you, when the Oilers fans know that Connor is still going to play for two more years in Edmonton. Um, uh, and I mean the Leon number. Based on when you look at what his production is and compare it to Connor's, I think it's fair. And and the fact that they are long-term deals allows anybody who's coaching this team, anybody who's managing this team, to know that they have a strong core to build with. You know, and I I'm I'm one of those guys. I do I think you put Darnell Nurse on that list. I like I like Nurse as a core guy. Uh, I, I think there are still a couple of other core guys in this organization that they can build around. Clefbaum's got a terrific contract. Yep. Yeah. Clefbaum and Larson, all of a sudden you got three defensemen you believe in. you got two forwards you believe in. Uh, and now you got to work on the rest. And, and you really do. You have to work on the rest. Let's face it. You don't have Nugent um, Hopkins in that list? I would have Nugent Hopkins in that list. Yeah, well, you're entitled to your opinion. Oh, okay. Well, obviously, I, 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 yeah. I know. I mean, and and I mean that's fair. I mean, Ryan Ryan's been a good player for this team for a long time. Um, and would you like him to? See, but he, you you can't you can't make him bigger. <laughs> you can't. Uh, and he and he does serve he does serve some roles. So I, I I mean, if you want to put him in that list, I'm you know I'm not going to argue with you, John. Um, I'd like to see more out of him at times, but I don't know what more you can do. Uh, with with what he what he, with his skill set and his size. Okay, John. Uh, there is, and it's funny. We we look at Drysaddle and McDavid, and you know, Leon Drysaddle is going to be. I'll have to look this up, but my guess is there's only going to be five players in the league 
uh, at the end of this season that have had three consecutive 70-point-plus seasons. Okay, yeah. and and Leon's going to be one of them. Obviously, Connor's already done that. Uh, Patrick Kane being another. Did Kane get to seven? I don't think he got to seventy last year. Anyways, um, so right now, like there there is some segment of the population base or the fan base that's going to say they need they need more out of those guys. Those guys are making the big money. They need more. Out of, and and I'm kind of like you know. I'm sorry, man, the rest of the roster isn't there. And we had this narrative being pushed three or four years ago. Oh, Hall and Nugent Hopkins and everybody, this and that, and that's why they're not – and I I don't buy that. And I think the frustration for a lot of the fans is you had some of the the options for secondary pieces to make it happen and squandered those assets, and now to turn it around and blame it back on those two players in particular. Absolutely not. You can't. You just can't. I mean, they are, they, they are cornerstone guys, and they're going to be there for a long time, which is really good news for the Everton Oilers. What? Really good news for the Everton Oilers. Yeah. All right. Uh, so here now they're not out of it. They're six. Do you have any theory as to why they they play so much better on the road than they do at home? You know what? I, uh, I really think that um, they understand the passion of the fan base. I think they get to a sense that they're trying too hard. I think they grip their sticks a lot tighter at home than they do on the road. Uh, and that's because they respect the fans so much, and they know what it means to be an Oiler fan in Edmonton. I think it's all part of it. I think it's the emotional pressure that they feel, and it, it doubles down when they get down and they realize that they've let the fans down. Interesting. You know who used to say that before? Was Tom Wilkinson used to say that when he coached the Golden Bears when I when I did their games? He used to say, "Bob, guys are trying too hard." You know what? Oh yeah. You know they just you, you can they, see it a mile away. You know they're living up to the ghosts of the past, and the Bears had a good program in the seventies and early eighties, and they can't live up to it. And you know, I just I, I don't. Yeah, Wilkie's a smart man. Yeah, he well he's he was a good guy. I'll tell you that. Don't still is a good guy. Thank God. All right. Uh, so Pittsburgh coming up. What you, a desperate Pittsburgh. A desperate Pittsburgh. Do you realize if Carolina had won last night, Pittsburgh would be out of the playoffs? Yeah. I mean, that's how tight that Metro in the East is when it comes to... Uh, I think a lot of people thought that all those seedings were set in the East, but it's just not so. Um, you, you know, they're, they, you're going to get a wounded bear... Oh, sorry, a wounded penguin on, on Wednesday night, and, and that's the least of anybody's worries because... Uh, uh, you know they're going to be uh, they're going to be hard to hard to beat at home. That's uh, they're not playing well. Malkin has uh, is, is, has been hurt, uh, so you have to wonder about him. The old Oiler Justin Schultz is still out, uh, but Chris Letang and Crosby and Kessel are there. They can and, and in many ways, when you look at what the Penguins, the good side and the bad side of the Penguins, uh, their biggest question all season long has been: has, Have they had consistent goaltending, which is similar to what the Oilers have gone through? Yeah, uh, I think we'll see Miko Koskinen against the Penguins. Uh, I would actually start uh, Talbot against the Islanders just because goalies that go in that building, Barkley Center, first time, and it can be ugly. It's a tough place to read pucks on. John, we appreciate your time. All right, we'll see you next week, Bob. Yep, that's John Shannon from NHL Hockey and Rogers. It's 12.53 at Edmonton. Guests on the show receive gift certificates from our friends at Roos Chris Steakhouse. Roos Chris, it's the greatest steak you've ever had. Follow Sizzle to 99.90 Jasper Avenue. Roos Chris for Valentine's Day. You might want to reach him a little bit early. That's all I'm going to say. Tell Maggie and the staff, Oilers Now sent you. Uh, we had a choice yesterday. The Lego Movie 2 or Valentine's Day. Brandon, what do you think we went with? 
If I know you at all, Bob, you saw the Lego movie. We went. I didn't make the decision. That's what happens when you have kids, Brendan. Especially this. See, this is the difference. This is this is how things. 45 years ago, when I walked nine miles up the hill to take the bus out in uh, the county of Strathcona, playing for the Strathcona Warriors, living in Fultonvale, through minus 30 degree temperature, you know, we didn't tell our parents what we were doing. Today's generation, it was the Lego movie over uh, Roos Chris for dinner. Oh, it's tough being a parent. It's tough. I think many of you can relate to it. By the way, I will say this. The movie was quite enjoyable. I think I slept for one minute and 21 minutes of the possible one minute and 45 minutes of the movie. Uh, back with more on orders now after this. Uh, <laughs> this email comes in from Val from the high desert of northeast Colorado. Bob, picking any movies over Roos Chris sounds like somebody needs to bag skate the kids. Uh, but, uh, more text. Bob, the fall of mankind is when the children call the shots. Bloody well, man up. That one comes to us from Jim. And Terry from North Edmonton, he took exception. Uh, now it's recalibrating. He, he took exception to what uh, John Shannon said. Huh? They suck at home because of the fans? Really? The same fans that have a residential tax increase so they can get this fancy new arena? Nothing like blaming the people who shell out $200 to watch the team play. Shocking that announcers blame the fans for the crappy play from Terry from North Edmonton. Dude, I've hosted this show for, I don't know, on Chad for eight-plus years. We've said lots of things. No one has blamed the fans here. The fans have been awesome. Is that what you want to hear, Terry? It's the truth. They've been awesome. We've kept the building full. Supported the franchise through thick and thin. And you know what? We have animated conversations. I do think the, the team feels the pressure playing at home, and I think that they got to have everybody on the bench pulling the rope the same direction during the course of games. It seems to me right now they can't take a punch at home. All right, off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. Back with Alan May when we return in Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.